0: Today, we're speaking with Jennifer Close. Jennifer is Vice President of Operations uh, for the Office of Medical Affairs at the Dean Clinic in Madison, Wisconsin. Jennifer, thanks for joining us today for our Healthcare Podcast series.
1: Lonnie, thank you, and I appreciate being here with all of you today. Jennifer,
0: uh, please give our audience a brief self introduction on your background and your role as VP of Operations at Dean Clinic.
1: Absolutely. If it's okay, Lonnie, I'm going to start maybe just very quickly and introduce Dean, um, since that will be largely what I'm focused on today rather than on on my role specifically. But um, Dean Clinic is a multi-specialty clinic located in Madison, Wisconsin. We serve south central Wisconsin. We have about 800 medical staff and provide about 1.5 million ambulatory visits per year across 60 locations. We um, are about 1.3 million... I'm sorry, $1.3 billion in revenue and provide care to roughly 300,000 patients a year. My role here as VP of Operations is I'm largely accountable in the Office of Medical Affairs for operations and infrastructure supporting the provider community here at Dean Clinic. Um, And I'm partnered really with another VP of Operations here at the clinic um, who has the same responsibility on the staff side. So together, we really work to be sure that we are serving our patients on a day-in, day-out basis and providing value-based care, which is really central to our business model here at Dean Clinic.
0: Well, we know that you'll be presenting a session at the Physician Strategy Summit on Moving from Volume to Value, Delivering on the Triple Aim. Uh, What uh, are the three elements of value-based care that comprise the triple aim? Uh
1: Sure. So um, let me ask all of you to really visualize this as an equilateral triangle. And at each point of the triangle are really the three aims that we're um, attempting to drive towards, the first being quality. So that's really the quality of care delivered to the patient. The second is service, which is really the patient's experience in receiving that care and ensuring that we are delivering care in a way that the patients choose to receive it and in ways that meet their needs. And then third is efficiency or cost. So really, those three points taken together, if you think about value being in the middle of that triangle, our philosophy around this is really that you want to be driving all three aspects, quality, service, and efficiency to improvement at the same time. If you think about pushing on one point of that equilateral triangle in an unequal way, what you're really doing then is compromising the other two angles and reducing that value in the center. We, all, we often also think of that as the patient being in the center. We want to be sure that we are providing them all three elements of care, quality, service, and efficiency at the same time, and not providing them with one over the other and really compromising the level of value that they're receiving.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Uh, If you could elaborate a little bit in terms of how you define quality, how you define service, and how you define efficiency, and how they fit together in that synergistic way that you just described.
1: Certainly. And I would start by saying the definition of of all three elements, quality, experience, and efficiency, change over time, Um, patients, which in healthcare really are our customers, Their their expectations and demands change over time as healthcare delivery changes, as patients have more and more skin in the game, so to speak, as they have greater financial accountability for the care that they're receiving. Really the expectations around the level of product or care that they're receiving and the way in which they're receiving that or the service and experience side really continue to evolve. So I'm going to speak to how we're defining that today fully appreciating that that will change and evolve over time depending on what our patients really are asking of us. So let me start with quality. From our perspective, we measure quality in what I would consider um, more a process than outcomes way because that's the data that's more readily available and more comparable on a local and national basis. Dean Clinic is a founding member of the Wisconsin Collaborative for Healthcare Quality, which is a consortium of multi-specialty clinics here in the state of Wisconsin, 23 of us actually, who report publicly on um, about 30 quality measures. So um, since we have been involved in this in the early 2000s, that measure set has expanded. But what it really looks at is process of care and outcomes of care as it relates to both preventive healthcare as well as chronic disease management. So that's really how we define quality from a measurement perspective to evaluate whether the type of care we are providing to our patients is evidence-based and is really meeting the needs of the patient to improve their health, reduce the potential for future complications, and really enhance their experience um, in terms of having the best possible health they can at any one time. In terms of service, again, this is really about patient experience. So our key measures of that are the cg CAP survey or clinician, sorry, clinician group version of the CAP survey, the CAPS family of surveys is actually um, the group of surveys that is put out there by the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, ARC. and it is the family of surveys that actually has been embraced by CMS as measuring patient experience. We've been using that survey actually since 2006. So we have good baseline data to understand how our patients feel about the experience that they receive here at the clinic, be it either when they're in for a visit or the process prior to them coming in, so calling to make an appointment, calling to get questions answered, that type of thing. We also on a regular basis, both your comment cards and online formats to really understand what went well and what didn't go well in their care experience while they were here. And I think it's important to define that from the patient's perspective, that experience is toes in, toes out. So it's not just when they're in the exam room. It's how easy is it to find parking? How easy is it to find their way through the building when they come in? Did they get all their questions answered? Were they communicated with in a way that met their needs, that helped them to understand what was going on? And then if you think about outside that care experience directly, Are they connecting with us in a manner that best meets their needs? So if they prefer to communicate electronically, are we giving them that option? If they prefer to communicate telephonically, do they have that option? So really experience is all in how patients are able to interact with us as a healthcare delivery system and whether that's meeting their expectations and needs. And then lastly is efficiency. Um, And while this is not about driving down costs, this is about improving value, it's important to realize that healthcare costs are exploding exponentially. And we really need to think carefully about how do we provide the best possible care and service while keeping costs down for people. That's become particularly important since 2008 and the Great Recession in that more and more people have personal accountability for their healthcare expenses in ways that they never did before. And so moving to a place where we're really looking to provide the highest value care at the lowest possible cost, so some examples of that would be the use of generic medications. If, if the research supports that a generic and brand name medication provide the same results from a treatment perspective for the patient, we really want to be promoting the use of generics. Not only is that a more cost-effective means of providing care. It also lowers the burden financially for the patient and enhances their ability to adhere to a treatment regimen because they're better able to afford that care. Similarly, um, really looking at various lab tests that we're doing. So being sure that we are doing the most appropriate tests, get the most appropriate information, but that we're not doing extraneous testing that maybe isn't absolutely necessary or won't give us additional information to things that we've already received. Does that help, Lonnie?
0: Oh, that's... Incredibly clear, thank you. I appreciate uh, the detail not only on how you're defining uh, quality, experience, and efficiency, but how you measure it, which is uh, obviously where the rubber meets the road. So uh, that's a great explanation. And it brings to mind uh, another question. Mm -hmm. Um, I I would say, what are uh, the biggest challenges and barriers that you see to health systems and clinics that are still struggling with moving from that volume to value and uh, and if you could talk a little bit about how the Dean Clinic has uh, you know been working on those types of challenges.
1: Sure. So, if it's okay with you, I'm going to approach this from two different perspectives. Um, I'm going to start with the revenue side or sort of some exter- external challenges we have and then I'd like to take a moment and focus internally and in some of the right. internal challenges we have. So. Um, Let me start externally. So, Dean Clinic actually is um, in a bit of a unique position in that we've been able to make a leap of of faith to adopting value for all of our patients. And the reason we've been able to do that, or we've chosen to do that, is about 50 percent of our patient base is insured by our own health plan. So we hold risk for about 50 percent of our patients. But very honestly, the other 50% of our patients are insured on a more traditional indemnity basis. And just to make clear for the participants on the podcast today, what that means in a HMO or an arrangement where you hold risk, providing value works to your advantage because you're providing the best care at the lowest possible cost. But if you're reimbursed as a clinic solely based on the number of times a patient comes in to see you, Your financial motivation to provide high-value care can really be compromised because you are potentially limiting your own revenue stream. So let me give you a really tactical example. If I have a patient who has high blood pressure and I'm practicing in a value-based model, I'm going to address that patient's high blood pressure when they come in, come up with a treatment plan, but then I may connect with that patient between visits via phone or via email. To really check in and see how they're doing check in on their home blood pressure readings determine um, on a remote basis whether i need to adjust a medication or add a medication that is very value-based care we're providing high quality high touch service to that patient but we're not bringing them in for multiple visits we're not asking them to take time off work to come in or arrange for child care to come into the office we're not asking them to travel across town we're bringing care to them in a place that's convenient to them. That's high value care and that works in that model. But now I want you to think about how that works if you're in a situation where the only thing you're getting paid for is that office visit. So if I'm only paid for that office visit, but I'm still going to incur the operational expense to outreach via phone or outreach via email or be monitoring home blood pressure readings electronically, that's a very different proposition for me. I have to all of a sudden assume those additional operational expenses to provide high quality, high touch care, but my reimbursement is limited to that single office visit. So to summarize really the challenge here, I think the challenge is for various healthcare systems to not outdrive their headlights from a revenue perspective. And as Healthcare reform comes into play as we start to move to more risk based models. It will be easier for systems to make that leap of faith that Dean Clinic made back in 2006 to provide value based care. But right now, the very real challenge that many organizations are facing is that their revenue model does not allow them to make that leap of faith. And if they do it too quickly, if they outdrive their headlights, so to speak, they may be in a position where they've so adversely compromised their revenue stream that they can't keep their doors open, very honestly. So that's external. Now I'm going to go to internal. Um, We've been very fortunate at DEAN that because we've owned our own health plan for more than 25 years, our physicians are very vested in thinking about high quality, high service, best possible cost, that value model approach to care. Our objective as an organization for a long time has been to keep our patients healthy and to keep our patients with us over the course of their lifetime. That's great. Um, But as you start to think about some of the measures we talked about early, whether it's um, preventive care measures or chronic disease measures or patient satisfaction measures, that's a new place for physicians to go to and to start to get very comfortable with that information being publicly reported. In essence, we're asking our physicians to be graded um, in a very public way and for their patients, our customers, to have access to that information to make purchasing decisions. And that's a very new and different place for physicians and care teams to be. Dean Clinic has been lucky. Um, One of the ways we've addressed this internally is we started unblinding data, unblinding performance within our care teams and across divisions over the last several years. So now that we're entering a place where CMS will be reporting publicly on a number of these measures where, as I mentioned earlier, we're part of a public reporting consortium that's been reporting at a clinic level, not at a physician level, for many years. We're hoping that some of this early work will help us to conquer that challenge of transparency of information to the consumer. But I have to be very honest, Lonnie, this is still a scary place for physicians, and especially given that all measurement has a grossness to it. It doesn't take into account every individual patient's more complex medical situation or the fact that when the patient came in that day and they then got a survey about their experience, you know, we were in the middle of a thunderstorm and the power went out and their their care got delayed. You know, you can't account for all of those things in measurement. but. Um, Physicians take very personally the way in which they're perceived to care for their patients. That's why they went into medicine. And I think continuing to have our provider community and our care team community become more comfortable with public reporting and the transparency of that information is a challenge that we're still seeking to conquer.
0: This is a great amount of valuable information, Jennifer. We really appreciate you being on our podcast today.